Cool Pendium Spotlight. I think we all have those memories of being in elementary school and waking up and trying to open our eyes and not being able to do it. And then our parents standing there with warm compresses on our face. And slowly as our eyes would open, we'd see them standing over us with dread on their face because we knew we were going to be shunned from school for the next week. That is the voice of Dr. Christopher Lemon, who is the author of our Corpendium chapter on, you guessed it, conjunctivitis. And that is what we are talking about in this month's Corpendium Spotlight. Make some lemonade with Dr. Christopher Lemon. Chris, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So let's just get into it. What exactly is conjunctivitis? And is it the same as pink eye? So conjunctivitis is the same as pink eye, but now that we've all gone and done our professional schooling, we have a bigger word for it. So conjunctivitis, pink eye, is inflammation of the conjunctiva, which is that clear membrane that covers the white part of the eye, the sclera, and the inner lining of the eyelids. Why do we always have to change the names on things? Come on, pink eye. <laughs> so much easier. It's You see it. You can yeah. see it. There it is. It's a pink eye. What is this business with conjunctivitis? Yeah, you got to justify that tuition, I guess. I don't know. You can get pink eye from farting in a pillow? Totally. That's awesome. Well, what are some key findings that help us know that this is just conjunctivitis and not something else or something more serious? That's a great question. So usually with conjunctivitis, you're going to have some irritation, but you shouldn't have pain. And although, as I alluded to, you might not be able to see if that's a problem, it's because your eyelids are closed, not because you're actually having a problem with your visual acuity. Pink eye should not affect your visual acuity. So expect some watering, expect some inflammation, but not pain and not loss of vision. So what I hear you saying is that you have to do a really thorough exam to make sure that it is just conjunctivitis. That's absolutely true as well. So you're going to want to make sure you hit all five vital signs of the eye, looking at visual acuity, checking extraocular movements, checking visual fields, doing a very good pupillary exam, and also making sure you're checking the pressure on the eye as well. So we've got two big forms of conjunctivitis. Can you tell us about those? Sure. So pink eye can be both infectious and non-infectious. And I think most of us think about infectious because that's what we remember from being a kid. Even within infectious, you can have both bacterial and viral causes, which the treatment for that is going to be different. However, non-infectious is maybe just as common, if not more so, when you think about all the times that you've had some watering in your eye from some sort of allergic reaction or something inflammatory. Well, how are we going to tell the two apart? So with the infectious, we're going to break it down into those two components again, bacterial and viral. Traditionally, bacterial we think of as having a lot of purulent discharge and being on one side more than another versus viral, where the discharge is usually a little bit more scant and watery, and it's usually bilateral. But, of course, nothing ever reads the textbook perfectly, so those two can interchange. Both bacterial and viral can be on both sides. They can be on one side. They can be more purulent or less. But in general, we're looking for some of those key characteristics regarding that. Allergic, on the other hand, that usually wouldn't be unilateral. A lot of times that's going to get both eyes because you've been exposed to something that your body does not like. And so you're going to have some watering and irritation in response to that. Yeah. And you already talked to us about the physical exam and the importance of doing the five vital signs of the eye. And again, there shouldn't really be any big significant findings. But when we're talking about a bacterial conjunctivitis, there's a couple big ones that we don't want to miss and that I don't always think about because I'm not always thinking about an STI in the eye. It's an STI in the eye. 
Agreed. So we might as well get right to that. Let's face it, the neonates have an excuse. Vertical transmission can cause you to get both a gonococcal or a chlamydial infection in your eyeball. Adults, that's a little bit of a different story, but let's face it, this is emergency medicine. You have to be prepared for people to do just about anything. So you have to be prepared to see an STI in the eye. STI in the eye. You can get pink eye by farting on a pillow? We're talking about gonococcal or chlamydial infections. And with gonorrhea, again, just think back to those neonate chapters from med school. Usually this is a conjunctivitis that's going to form rapidly. So we're talking about over the sake of hours, and it gets very nasty very fast, a lot of drainage, a lot of inflammation. This one is going to be in your face and hard to miss. No pun intended. In your face. <laughs> oh, oh. I <laughs> Chlamydial infections on the other hand, certainly can occur a little bit more slowly and can take a few days to really ramp up. You may have someone who's coming in who's already been treated for pink eye and those drops didn't do anything and they're still getting worse. That's when it becomes really important to dig deeper through the history. So chlamydia may be just like slightly more indolent over weeks to months and gonorrhea is like over hours and really, really nasty. And that's the one where as you'd expect, when it gets nasty that fast, your vision becomes more threatened by that. So you really do have to react appropriately. You mentioned that viral and bacterial have some overlapping, and it does not always follow the textbook. It's not always super purulent or exactly what we might think. And it can be hard to tell, is this viral? Is this bacterial? So how do we treat these? I think every parent comes in thinking, oh, it's pink eye. I want my antibiotic and to go home and to get my kid back to school with a note as soon as possible. In reality, that's going to be a little bit different because usually these are viral. And even if it was bacterial, almost all pink eye is going to get better on its own. Most of it's self-limited. One option you have is to consider talking to the parent or patient about delaying treatment. So if we're going to consider prescribing an antibiotic, which is what we're talking about here in terms of treatment, sometimes a goal would be to see if it gets better over the course of the first 72 hours. And if it does, great. And if it doesn't, well, you have a prescription already at the pharmacy and you can go ahead and pick that up. We're usually talking about erythromycin ointment for kids, and that's because it's hard enough to get drops in adults, let alone a screaming child who's flailing around. The great part about the erythromycin ointment is even if you don't get it 100% dead on, you will have it just melt into the eye slowly. The downside to erythromycin ointment in an adult, for instance, is if they put it in, chances are they're not going to be driving anywhere for the next few minutes until the visual acuity comes back. That's versus something like a drop in an adult. We're talking about things like a polymyxin trimethoprim or an ofloxacin drop, pretty commonly available. Just remember, though, if you're talking about that STI in the eye, those are not necessarily going to cut it. You're going to have to go thinking about giving these people a booty pack of some sort. And we have some more detailed information in the chapter regarding medications for STIs. For gonorrhea, of course, is ceftriaxone and chlamydia. It's going to be like doxyazithro, the way that we normally treat those big bugs. And then our last group that you want to think about as well is those contact lens wearers. So that's a lot of people. Those biz buzz boards questions, you're thinking about things like pseudomonas. So you want to make sure that you're using a fluoroquinolone in those eyes, and then you're going to treat it by having them throw those in the trash, if at all possible. They really need to wash them well, but even still, there are some nasty types of, for instance, adenovirus, to switch over to the viral side of things, that can be very difficult to get rid of. 
So if they can discard the contacts, great. If they can't, make sure they are very clean and they do not go back in the eyeball until this is a done deal in the past in terms of the infection. Now, for the most part, conjunctivitis is, as you said, it's going to get better on its own. The person's going to do fine. But some of these people need ophthalmology follow-up. Who are they? So ophthalmology follow-up for any of these STIs in the eye, the contact lens wearers, or anything where this is not fitting into that pink eye category of diagnosis of exclusion. So if you're getting something strange, picking something up on your visual acuity, picking something up where visual fields are cut, where obviously they have higher pressures than normal, you're going a different direction. And then the same rules apply to that in terms of an alternative diagnosis and when you would refer that. Well, Chris, I feel like we covered a lot of really good information. If there is just one thing that you can leave us with about this chapter, what would you say is the most important takeaway? I think that that is it, that pink eye is going to be common, but it's a diagnosis of exclusion. And so if you don't do the exam and don't do it right, you're going to miss something at some point over the course of your career. And when it comes to people's vision, there's maybe nothing more important. Thank you so much, Chris. It was great talking to you. My pleasure. Thank you. STI in the eye. Mm, no pink eye for me. I'm just really high.